right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Very exciting day. Joining me in celebration of this day, Master Tate Frazier, the CEO of this podcast. What's happening, Tate? Not too much, Sal. Happy to be here. Crazy, oh, crazy Master Sunday. You don't even know what we have to talk about. It's, it's, a, it's a big, big, big accomplishment for me. And on the line, also celebrating with us, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wi- my wizards of wagering. How could I get that wrong? The degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sally, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Well, I am excited because last night, I, this is like announce, This is like a birth announcement, but I have, fellas, a new entry in my fatal five of worst beats. And let me take you through it. I had a nice parlay. Bruins plus two and a half goals over Toronto. They lose, what, three to two? Nashville plus two and a half over Dallas. I didn't even need those. They won outright. And the third leg, the third leg, which should have been amputated, it turns out, the Golden State Warriors money line. Would have won me a bundle. Instead, lost me two and a half bundles. How about that? A round of applause for the Golden State Warriors. They did it. I'm going to put the phone down and clap here. Good job, Warriors. Beautiful. Up 31. Up 31 at home. I don't know. I have to. So I have to get take someone out of my worst beats. I've had so many. I've had Oklahoma State. That will always be number one. Oklahoma State football money line over Central Michigan. Up four with four seconds left with the ball, and they still lose. Uh, La La Land over Moonlight. The fact that it was announced the winner at the Oscars, I would say that's a bad beat. Joey Chestnut. I'm gonna throw him in there. Um, the graphic on ESPN shows that he has 64 hot dogs eaten. I have 72. I have under 72 and a half. And he in the post eat interview says he has 74 and they get like, okay, you have 74. So I lost that. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, there's a, Oh, uh, I'll, I'll put the saints in there. I'll put the, no, no, the Falcons oh, yeah. against the Patriots Falcons, right? No, no, I would say that's right for a football one. I think Falcons Patriots is the worst. That was good. Brian, you might remember I had the Clippers, they had an eight. It's funny with the Clippers. They had an 18 point lead over Sacramento regular season game. I still had a lot on it in the fourth quarter. They lost that. I think that's going to have to leave. And this golden state loss is going to have to jump in that top five. And there are thousands of honorable mentions. Uh, like I said, the Falcons, uh, Hillary to win Pennsylvania, the saints, the non pass interference call. <laughs> but this is why guys, this is why this is the best sports gambling podcast in all the land. We're the every man loser you're gonna feel our losses right we're not gonna pontificate about betting within your limits and how the bad beats and the crazy wins even out i will never ever be on the positive end of a 31 point comeback period i just that's just not how it is brother bry you should be almost as mad because you had golden state by 21 plus which had been a had been a trend that would be, had been hitting right right so we talked about this last year we we look at teams, you know, we've had a lot of blowouts in these NBA playoffs the last few years. So I've been staring at the uh, team to win by 21 or more, and that has to be usually a home team that's a pretty big favorite. So I jumped on the Warriors uh, game one to win by more than 21. That was close, but didn't mm-hmm. hit, the, so so be it. But then for three games in a row, you had the Bucks. Bucks hit. They were probably about plus 250. You had the Rockets who um, beat the Jazz, and they were about five to one to win by twenty-one or more. Uh, you had then you had uh, the Seventy Sixers, 
who were, uh, I think, probably about plus 450 or plus 500, uh, and, and they beat the Nets by a ton. So three games in a row hit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump back on the Warriors. Here here I go again. So I have the Warriors to win by 21 or more. So they're up 23 at half. The halftime line is tw- – the halftime live line is 23 and a half. So I'm like, I am in great shape. I decide yeah. up 27. Up 27, though, you know, I had a bad – I had a bad Saturday and a bad Sunday betting on – Mm-hmm. on golf, on UFC. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed because if I stay awake, there's a good chance I'm going to just watch this get blown. But I was only worried about the 21. And then yeah. I wake up this morning and you send a text, probably, I don't know, two or three o'clock in the morning saying, yeah. holy shit, I can't believe this happened. And I had to go, I, I immediately went on ESPN and I was like, wait, what the fuck happened? Like, I figured yeah. I just lost my bet. I didn't realize you lost your bet. So I mean, the just, fact that you I mean, had, it had to be the you worst had a spread by 31. In NBA history. Yeah, 31. You were up yeah. by 31. Uh, we we're both up by 31, and you're given 21 plus. You you should be you should be fuming that that lost. So I don't know where I should be on this round. <laughs> I mean, I should be ripping every last ear hair out of my face. I don't, uh, I don't know. And I think they were 175 to one odds, which doesn't even make sense. That should have been even higher because this just never, like you said, never happened. Let alone against the team of the century. Um, Harry, the Clippers, Harry, you know what I did? You know what makes it worse? I marked it off as a, as a winner. I marked it on my oh, sheet. You no. know, my dumb sheet. Oh, I marked it as a winner because <laughs> I also be, went, I kind of went, to, I didn't go to bed, but I put, I put on Kimmel. I watched uh, Dak Shepard. It was fun. And then I was like, oh my God, what the hell is going on here? Harry, 85 points in the second half of the Clippers. Are they good? Are the Clippers good? Well, for first, before we get to that, people should know that just, uh, you just don't, on, you're old school. You do it on paper, your pen and paper, your wins and losses, mm-hmm. and you never, you never do that. You never mark off until it's officially over. Right. That's something, you know. But uh, exactly. I'll tell yeah. you. And I'm gonna start. Clip, I'm gonna slip team. my wrist with a, 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 a medieval uh, caveman <laughs> tool or something. That's how old school I am when it gets down to it. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Shit, yeah. But what uh, about the clip? Right. I mean, the bottom line is this team can flat out score. They average the second. Most points per game in the Western Conference mm-hmm. of the teams that made the playoffs, like you just said, erupted for 85 points in the second half uh, last night. How about this Montrez Harrell? In these two playoff games versus Golden State, he's averaging 32 minutes, uh, getting 26 points a game while shooting 83% from the field. That's 20 of 24 shooting. Let me repeat myself. He's 83% from yeah. the field. It's amazing. One more time. Say anything. One more, one more down the stretch. <laughs> He's got 61 points, uh, shooting 24 of 45. I think that's about 55%. And Doc Rivers' speech, when they clinched their playoff spot, was inspiring, I think, saying Vegas and Charles Barkley predicted L.A. to have only 33 wins, and they wound up with 48. They're looking good. Golden State better figure out a way how to place a little bit of defense against this team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't really get it. I mean, they – Doc Rivers just might be top three coach in, in, uh, in the last 20 years sure. or something. They trade Tobias. They lose the draft pick. I don't know. Tate, I don't know what that draft pick would have looked like mid first round anyway, yeah. but uh, the cell, you know, they lose it to the Celtics in the mid February. They even odds to not make the playoffs. Why would you think that they wouldn't make the, that they would make the playoffs. They're going to lay down and then bombers like, nah, we want this team to win. This team's good. And they did win parlay kid back to golden state for a second. 
Is this a good loss for Golden State, who's now minus 180, you know, provided they don't lose game three, minus 180 is the lowest number we're going to see. And, you know, obviously Cousins being out is not good part of the loss, but is this a good loss? Is this a wake-up situation? You know, I I think the answer to really all these things is really, I I wouldn't call it a a wake-up call. Losing Cousins, I'm not even sure if that's a big deal. You know, this Warriors team is a funny team. I think they just fell asleep for a half. We've seen them do this before where they just become, what I don't know, somewhat disinterested in what is happening on a basketball court. It really doesn't make sense. Uh, I think when they want to play, and I think, you know, I think we'll uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, you know, I, I think they'll bounce back pretty quickly here and they'll get themselves right. There were just some weird things last night, like Durant, 34 minutes, he took eight shots that whole game. Yeah. That's a weird stat, right, for Kevin Durant? Eight shots mm-hmm. in 34 minutes. I mean, he also had nine turnovers in 34 minutes, too, so that, that, that's not so great either. And it was a very strange loss for the Warriors, being that they shot 53% from the field and were 40 for 45 from the free throw line. And Jesus. you still lose that game. So credit to the Clippers. I think this is their one win. They might get another one uh, uh, in this series. But um, the Warriors, to me, uh, they're, they're still the Warriors, even though I think uh, I think we can all agree. Didn't we like them so much more a couple years ago? We did, and I don't know. I just, you know, we say coaching. I, I, I know. Think what gonna... happened? What happened? They're just like not – I don't know. Yeah. I just don't even enjoy them anymore, you know? I, I think Steve Kerr gets a little bit of a pass here. Tate, I don't know what you think, but – Yeah, I, I agree I with like that. I like Steve Sal. Kerr. But, what, what, you know, win these games. Don't – don't get blown out by the Suns at home. All, all these stupid losses adding up. And I know it's like I sound like a crybaby, like oh, only the teams I bet are allowed to win. But for God's sakes, you need to be able to count on something. I think that's why NBA ratings are down a little bit because you can't count on it. All right, it's one thing. You're going to put all the best players on one team. How about that team wins when they're supposed to? But Tate, and it's funny because I, I think I told you other guys, uh, the Jenner trifecta about this. After the last podcast, Simmons comes in, Bill Simmons comes in, and Tate's got no voice, no voice at all. He's just coming off the all, all the prestige and the, and the pageantry of the Final Four. He's got nothing. And Simmons comes in and says to him, I dare you to defend your sport right now. And Tate's got nothing in him. Plus, he doesn't want to stand up to the boss. Well, Tate, congratulations. Your sport is better. Thank I don't you. know if you agree, but college basketball kills NBA. And because of this very reason, you agree, right? I agree. And I will say this. Uh, Montrez Harrell coming off the bench and having 25 points. And then you also have a guy in Lou Williams coming off the bench and has 36 points. The second unit in the depth of the Warriors is the problem. And then when you have guys that come off the bench like Jordan Bell and he doesn't run after a loose ball, it's the little mm-hmm. things that the Warriors yeah. used to do. They used to hustle and make these you know, crazy yep. plays because they were willing to put in the effort, dive on the floor, whatever it is. And now uh, it's almost like a prima donna situation where they feel like they're privileged to be there and they're going to ride this you know, coattails all the way to the finals. But the Clippers are hard-nosed, and Montrezl Harrell doesn't take any shit. You know what I mean? So he comes in, and they got no answer for Harrell because they got no five to go up against him. So it's a, it's a fun series. Well, yeah, it's definitely it's now turned into a fun series. Anyway, congratulations to the Warriors. <laughs> They've broken my top five very hard. I've, I've had bad beats for like uh, 30 years now. Very, very tough to get in that top five. I believe uh, they deserve it. They're worthy of it. 31-point blown lead. Uh, believe it or not, we have a great show today. Uh, we're going to go over the Wednesday-Thursday bets for the NHL and NBA uh, Captain Morgan's going to take us out on his Riverboat Casino. We're going to read some mail. And Paul LaDuca. 
former Mets catcher. That's right, Mets, not Dodgers. Mets catcher and degenerate gambler just like us. He's going to give us tips to betting baseball. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe we just bet baseball. But right now, let's we, we can't not talk about Tiger. Everyone's talking about Tiger. Huge story. He wins the Masters 16 to 1 odds. He's already 8 to 1 odds uh, to win the PGA Championship. There are so many narratives, so many. And uh, I want to I want to tackle them one by one because I don't agree with all of them. Uh, first one, this was great for the country and great for golf. And I will say, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. It's a divided country. It seems like everyone was rooting for this guy on some level. Great for golf, great for sports, uh, great for the ringer, Joe House, our friend Joe House, his podcast, probably good for this podcast, gambling on golf in general. The degenerate trifecta is headed to Shinnecock in June, right? You guys are going out there? Beth Page. Oh, Beth Page Black. Oh, Beth Page. I'm sorry. For the PGA Championship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Don't go. Yeah. Don't go to Shinnecock. You won't see anything. You're going to Beth Page. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, and yeah, you want to see Tiger? It'll, it'll be eight deep if Tiger makes the cut and you're there for the weekend. So, yes, it was great for sports. It was a great sports moment. Uh, it's quite an achievement. Now, the second narrative, best comeback in sports. I don't know. I don't know. Was it? You know, I, I, I pick uh, Foreman, George Foreman, heavyweight champ, 18 years apart. Hmm. Actually got beat about, about the head. Uh, you know, suffered head trauma where, where Tiger just had to like sidestep an overzealous uh, security guard. Mario Lemieux had cancer, came back and played hockey. Um, all right, but anyway, best comeback in sports, that's fine. But between the Tiger and the Game of Thrones meltdowns, I was going batty, and especially over this third narrative, which uh, if you're not crying when Tiger hugs his son, you're not human. Now, I love Jim Nance, but that's a lot to put. Parley kid, that's a lot to put on us, right? We're not human if we don't cry at that moment. Oh come on, that 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 was ridiculous. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I I really didn't get that and where that came from. Um, you know, I, I I love these stories about Tiger and uh, look. This is to me. This was a story <laughs> about golf redemption for Tiger. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's battled through injuries, et cetera, et cetera. This is not a redemption to me in terms of his life. Okay, Um, you know, I I don't really get that part of it. Uh, He won the golf tournament. Fantastic. He's overcome a lot in the golf sense. Look, he screwed up his life a lot. Uh, I don't I don't really uh, I don't give kudos to those type of things. You know, guys guys like me and you, Sal, we do the right thing all the time. Why should I give uh, Tiger kudos for screwing up so much? And then yes, you know, gonna, he wins to a golf the golf right tour. What does that have to do with anything? He's hugging his kid. I hug my kids every day. You hug your kids every day. Uh, hey, whatever. I I, 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 I agree. I'm totally way. on board with you with this. I fe- Harry, totally Harry, Harry you cried. You this, I, I, Harry, out of any, out of the five of us, you're the one who cried, right? Nah, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm on uh, I'm on probably kid's side a bit. You know the uh, listen. I, I'm. It was a nice scene. It was something else. I mean, he was really. Uh, spectacularly managed he kept himself calm down the stretch but you know in the three back surgeries coming back from that that's amazing right. no doubt but the sex addiction right. the sex addiction thing banging everything in sight while he's married Whoa. that's on him so if you want to include that in the story i don't either the back surgeries is one thing but that i don't yep. it was a great moment it was crazy and it's going to be great it's going to be great now going into majors seeing tiger try to get number 16 and get closer to jack and it's going to be the story every single time leading up to uh, these next three majors coming up but still i don't think it's a great I, I, the, the mario lemieux thing blows me away you know and i think that's number one really 
Right. Of course. Tiger didn't have leukemia. He's uh, let's break it down. He's a near billionaire who fought injuries in a cheating scandal and ended up seeing a dozen sports psychologists and came back strong and won his fifth jacket. I'm, I'm supposed to weep uncontrollably. I'll, I, you know, I'll cry when when the kid throws out the first pitch at a, a minor league game and we see the, you know, the catcher takes off his mask and it's the father, a Marine yeah. back from the Middle East. I'll tear up every time. Or Ryan Shazier, if he fights back and suits up for the Steelers, then you'll see tears. But I don't know. I didn't cry. Brian, you didn't cry, right? No, I don't. I don't cry at anything. I mean, that could have been Darren and his son. I, I wouldn't have been crying. I mean, I'm the same way too. I don't have a lot of. I, I, granted, I was on the opposite. I wasn't betting on him. I was betting on other guys. Uh, but I still kind of was rooting for him a little bit. But again, in terms of crying or being emotional over it, definitely not. Brian and I, we, we had money on Kepka and Molinari, and it was still nice to see Tiger. <laughs> right. It was still nice to see him for all the reasons we listed above. Tate, you're in a weird spot. You weren't there. You didn't love golf because of Tiger. I feel like a lot of people started loving golf because of Tiger. What were your What were your thoughts throughout the whole thing? I actually, uh, Tiger was sort of my Michael Jordan as I was coming up because I remember watching 2000 really? Pebble Beach when he did that, one by 15. That was like the first time that I played baseball, but you know, that got me in the golf bug. Started playing golf because of Tiger a little bit. I would agree with you guys, though. It wasn't one of those moments. I, they wanted it to be the Earl, you know, Eldrick moment, the original moment in 97 when they hug each other and they try to do that with Charlie and Tiger. I thought that was a little forced. But I like that yeah. Tiger said, we won. Because the big knock on Tiger always was that he didn't care about anybody but himself. He was to, When he says we, he talks about his Waffle House waitress <laughs> girlfriend. I don't even know who he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a big, large contingent. We all got it. We all came back. All right. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Congratulations, Tiger. I just don't. I just don't want to be told when I have to cry. That's all. <laughs> and it's not ti- that. Yeah. That wasn't Tiger's doing. That was everybody else in the media. Um, Harry, you were all over it because uh, let, let's talk about these uh, losses last week. We'll we'll go real fast because uh, the trifecta was zero and three. Harry's funny though. Harry, you tweeted out. You tweeted all your winners. You re basically retweeted something that said in capital letters "lead pipe lock." Uh, Tiger to have an eagle, which he did not, and then you uh, went on to list everything under that in the tweet, right? No, that's right. You know, everything else. You know, I, I, I tweeted. I said Molinari would be the uh, best European. Uh, Adam Scott, top twenty, hung in there and got that done. My uh, matchups were like four and two, but uh, I did say Tiger would rule on the par fives, and that's what he did. He went eight under on the tournament and par fives, and that was the difference. Uh, I didn't – I know you were on him, and or you liked him, or you didn't like him, so I backed off and I didn't bet it, but I did love that bet on that he would get an eagle, and it was so close. Look, he, he was 13 on Sunday. He was close. 15, he was close, and so close on 15. Then on 16, what a tease that was after he was feeling it, and he knows the situation at hand. And Justin mm-hmm. Thomas, you had just seen like 20 minutes beforehand get that hole-in-one where you got to put that ball on 16 on the par three. Tiger did the same thing, and he teased me. That thing just rolled down. All of a sudden took just a little turn to the left coming down, right on television, and didn't get that hole-in-one. I really thought he would get an eagle at some point, but still, he was amazing, and he was amazing on par fives, but I didn't get that one in because he didn't well, get I that I don't eagle. understand. What, what do you mean when you say right, you didn't bet crazy. it because you could – because I didn't like it. You, what, since when do I like? You have to like any of you. I didn't bet Tiger on Saturday or Sunday because I know you didn't like him, so I didn't, I'm not yeah. going to go against you, so I let it go. <laughs> All right. You don't have to do that's that. That's the type of guy, guy. That's the type of buddy I am. 
Casey is another one. You had him for top 20. I got to tell you, especially living on the West Coast with these early uh, tea times, it's something waking up and seeing like you, you have a, a dead bet. And that was I had Paul Casey to make the cut. Your your cut will make the cut parlays were pristine unless you had Paul Casey and uh, and Rose, right? Yeah, everything was super easy, except you, if you had Casey. I mean, yeah, Casey or Rose, those are the two. But mm-hmm. you're exactly right. I was sitting at work, you know, following, checking it every once in a while, and plus five after five holes. Now, I, I had asked you, is there anything worse than betting on a golfer who starts off that bad? Because any other sport, you have a chance. You have a chance to come back. But when you're mm-hmm. five over after five holes, you are done. You are done. You, yeah. I think you equated it to like a horse, right? Like breaking his leg out of the gate or something like that. That's it. I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean, any other, any other bet, you, you at least have a shot. But K, I mean, he was just awful. I mean, I was, I was so mad at myself the whole freaking weekend for making that bet. But I mean, what were you going to do? I mean, the stats backed it up that he'd probably, you know, be a top twenty. But that, that absolutely. I mean, he was ten over. Uh, yeah, ten over was. In the bottom, yeah, bottom four or five guys is terrible. Yeah. Now, Parlay Kid, let's get off golf for a second. Uh, your bet was the one that came closest to winning, I think. That yeah. What a UFC card. I think it was 236. Uh, you had Adesanya wow. and Holloway on a parlay. Both of those went the distance. Phenomenal fights, yeah. one better than the other. I don't know what you'd say, which one was better, but yeah, uh, well, you went one and one. Yeah, so it was one of those things where – um. I don't know. You know when sometimes you just lose a bet and it's not that disappointing because you just it was it was so great anyway that mm-hmm. it didn't really matter. I, I actually look back now saying I wish I didn't even have any action on it because there was so much action itself in the fight that I didn't yeah. need to have any money on it. It was so great. Uh, these two fights, I mean, when was the last time we saw two fights like this back-to-back, uh, you know, on the same card to end the night, Adesanya... Gastelum, what a fight. Uh, I think it was probably 2-2 t- going into the last round. And then Adesanya yeah. put on a clinic in that in that fifth round. And then the Holloway-Poye fight, to Poye's credit, he was, he was bigger and uh, stronger, it seemed like. But I do think that 4-1 scoring was a little deceiving because I think Holloway gave away two rounds in that fight in the last, like, 30 to 40 seconds. Uh, probably costing him the fight in the long run. But both yeah. great fights. I'd love to see them both again. I mean, geez, I don't know if they're going to happen again. But uh, I think people who watched certainly got their money's worth. I'm just sorry I couldn't get the, our listeners a uh, a parlay victory there for us. Yeah, it was more like a 38-37 fight. I don't think it was 39-36. But and it, it seems like Poirier's moving on to Habib, right? That That's the next thing, I think. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yep. September. Yeah. I know which right. way I'll be, be going fun. with that. MMA is, uh, MMA is really stepping it up lately, I will say. Uh, Ultimate Fine 236 was was good. All right, let's go hey, to the hoops. But Sal. Yeah. Oh, well, I just wanted to throw a shout-out to the UFC guys. Can we pay them more, please? Please, come on. Oh, yeah, you didn't come like on, that, Dana right? White. Pony up. They're not making a lot. Ridiculous. Can't no. even afford shoes, a lot of these guys. What are they doing in there? No, I know, you're right. <laughs> pay them a little more. They're getting the numbers on paper for you. Might as well pay them. Uh, let's Absolutely. go to the NBA. This is a, a tough to catch this midweek. Uh, Toronto, we're doing this Tuesday late afternoon. Toronto, Orlando's playing. San Antonio, Denver playing. Portland, OKC. That's all tonight. Let's go over the uh, series odds that 
won't be affected tonight, Tuesday night. 76ers minus 400 over the Nets, plus 320. That's 1-1. Uh, Sixers scored 51 in the third quarter to win that one. We were all, Brother Bri, we, we like the Nets. We liked them plus 7.5, plus 8 yesterday. Then uh, Sixers just showed up in, in a big way, right? Were they down a point at half or up a point? Well, they were up, up a, a yeah. Well, they were up a point at half, but yeah. And then the third quarter, they had 51 points. So that was just uh, they put on a clinic there, scoring. So I mean, there's not much you can do when that happens. I mean, you're right. You're, All right, you mentioned Golden State right minus seven thousand over the Clippers, who are twenty to one. If you want to take a shot at them with twenty to one, Harry, is that uh, is that appealing to you at all? That's enticing. Very enticing. I mean, look, Gallinari's beat. He's, he's getting 20 points a game, too. This team can score. It's, it's uh, Like I said, Golden State better play a little bit of defense the rest of the series. Games in L.A. Yeah. are great. Yeah. All right. Celtics minus 850 over the Pacers. That's one nothing, right, as of right now? Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, one uh, yeah. That That seems a little bit high. Bucks minus 20,000 over Detroit. You can get Detroit at 50 <laughs> to 1. You can't put enough zeros on that for me to jump on. And the Rockets seems a little bit. Seems a little bit high, minus six hundred over the Jazz. I don't know, Parley kid. Did you see that first game? That's also one nothing, right? That's one nothing, Sal. Yeah, I think um, I think that's kind of fair. Uh, the Jazz have, um, you know, they can surprise, but uh, I don't see the Rockets bowing out in the first round. I wouldn't mind seeing right. it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, NBA needs that second round matchup too much. Rockets. Uh, oh right. my God! Imagine Clippers Jazz second round. What would they do? Uh, but let's do this <laughs> instead of the Sharp Tank this week. We're going to pick uh, one Wednesday Thursday game in the NBA and one Wednesday Thursday game in the NHL from these guys. Parlay kids, start us off. I think I know which way you're going. Which one do you like out of the Wednesday? Well, Thursday so we were game? just kind of ta- yeah, we were just kind of talking about it before. So uh, I'll be taking one of the Thursday games with the Warriors at the Clippers. Uh, I think yes, it was a little, you know, a little deceiving. Uh, the Warriors, as we said before, had a terrible second half. Uh, again, I'm not sure if it's a wake-up call. I just think the Warriors will step up their game. I think tomorrow. Uh, actually, I seen the line has already moved from seven and a half uh, just a few hours ago, and I think it's actually at minus eight and a half. But I think the Warriors in this case come out smoking here. And uh, listen, you know when Brian says. Uh, this is, you know, some of these games you go with uh, over that 21 points. I don't think you could do mm-hmm. it with the road, but I think the Warriors kind of cruise to, uh, you know, a 10 to 15 point victory here, Sal, on, on Thursday All night right. and get back to that two to one advantage. And I could see game four could be different, but I think the Warriors step it up here. One thing uh, our buddy Bill Simmons told us is going to be a lot of Warriors fans at that game. He thinks 10,000 Clippers fans yeah. will sell their tickets. I don't know. I mean, definitely it was going to be the case if it was two nothing, but one one. I don't know, maybe 9,900 now sell their tickets. And, uh, but I don't know. Uh, all right, minus eight and a half. I would probably stay away from that only because uh, very, very upset with them as they reside in my top five bad beats. Now, Harry, which do you like? Uh, you're going Brooklyn, Philadelphia, right? Yeah, that game is on Thursday. This is what I like to call the common sense bet. They've played each other six times this year. Six times they played each other. The Nets have won three, Phillies won three. Nets won game one, three, and five. Phillies won two, four, and six. The Nets' highest blowout game against Philly this year. They won by 25. Philly beat the Nets by 22. The lowest, the Nets won by three. Philly won by two. I mean, it's so close that if you add up all of their points in the six games, the Nets have scored 718 points. The Sixers 
have scored 718 points. That's an average mm-hmm. of 119 a game. That's incredible, those stats. So the over-under is at 227. Common sense, at 119, last time I checked, 119 times 2 is 238. That's over 227. So over 227 is my play on that game. Brother Bry, it took 102 episodes, and Harry is making what's called a common sense bet. What, what's going on here? That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's pretty great. Usually, it goes, usually he would go against that. He would say, yeah, it's 338. It, it seems low. Go under, right? right. Isn't that what you normally say, Harry? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. You know, normally we do it. But this is just, this is just the, numbers are, the numbers don't lie. All right. Brother Bry, who do you like? All right. So this game is going to be on Thursday night. So... Full disclosure, I, I I parlayed the Celtics and the Nuggets to win the series, but I'm looking at the Spurs, uh, their game three, their home game. I, look, we don't know what the line is right now, but I'm expecting the line for game three of the Nuggets to be like, what, do you, what would you say, like two and a half, three? I know the last time they played in the regular season, it was one San Antonio mm-hmm. was favored by, but I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty low line. Um, but the thing is, I realize after I made this bet on the Nuggets to win the series, I probably watched Denver less than any other team. And I couldn't be less impressed with Denver at all. I mean, nobody on their team scares me, especially in a playoff series, right? Like, their bench is terrible. I mean, look, Jokic, obviously Jokic is a great player, but he can get a triple-double, but you're not scared. He's not going to go up for 40 or 50 points. Plus, he's overweight. I will say he's overweight. I think Embiid is, too, but... He can only go like a full hard 25, 30 minutes. He always looks like he's tired. So nobody on their team scares me, where at least on the Spurs, you have a guy like DeRozan who could go off, Aldridge who could go off. They both had bad games in game one, and they still led the whole the whole way. If you look at records, Spurs are 32-9 and at home. They're 2-0 and against Denver so far this year at home. Denver's 20-21 and on the road. Some other stats, the Spurs are 24-17 and at home against the spread. Denver 17-24 and against the spread on the road. So I think especially that, that first game, I'm expecting Denver to have a bounce back game. But, again, I am not impressed at all with Denver. So I feel like the Spurs definitely that first home game, I, I feel like they're going to pull that one out. And the line's going to be low enough that I think, you know, if you're going to bet, you know, I would just I would take the spread. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, because they're playing tonight. That's why there's no line. I'm, I'm just, it's yeah. just making yeah. sense now. Okay, so that's game three. You like the Spurs? All right, you a little bit, a little bit of a, uh, you just got a little ill will towards the uh, Denver Nuggets, right? They beat you on that, on that OKC to win the division bet. But I, I do, I think, I think you're yeah. right with the yeah, Spurs. That's usually what it is. It's usually in spite. I hate <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make a pick. I'm gonna say. Look, this Detroit-Milwaukee series, that's Wednesday night. It resumes game two. Uh, Drummond cannot check the Greek freak for 94 feet. I don't know if he can check him for four feet. The Greek freak is dunking from the three-point line. I I saw nothing I liked from the Pistons in game one. Ellington, Maker, Reggie Jackson, 10 for 34. I don't even know who some of these guys are. Um, uh, And so I'm going to take the Pistons. I'm taking them plus 15 and a half because of the – you cannot combat the NBA zigzag. We saw it. There's no reason Clippers should have stayed with the Warriors after game one. We saw that win. Uh, who else did we see? We saw the Nets Nuggets, uh, Net, Nets Sixers. That should have been close. That was not. The zigzag is very, very strong. And for that reason, I'm taking the Pistons really with no reasoning other than that nothing makes sense. Pistons 5-0 and against the spread on two days rest. There. There you go. That, that's all I can find for that. 
So I'm going to take the Pistons. Um, Tate, what would you say if you had to pick an NBA game in a couple days? I was going to say with Brother Bri, I like that Spurs pick at home, but I like the game two pick for the Nuggets tonight. I think uh, Beasley off the bench will be better. Uh, in that first game, Will Barton at 15-10, and 10, I think he'll have a better game. So I could see the, the Nuggets bench guys playing better at home and evening it up at one-to-one. But then I like Brother Bri's bet, you know, first game in San Antonio, take them uh, at home. There you go. All right, let's switch gears to the NHLs. Bunch of games going on right now. God, freaking, what is with Tampa Bay down three to one already? Columbus is it's, winning three to one. Yep, it is incredible. Isn't it three to one? Uh, oh. Now I'm seeing two. To, it's three one, right? Oh, they might have taken a goal away. They uh, might they might have taken a goal away because I'm seeing two okay. to one now. I think that's what happened. Oh, yeah, wow. all right, two to one. I'm sure it'll be yeah. three to one in a minute. Um, that uh, they are holy, staring holy. death in the face there. A sweep <laughs> right there. Uh, Islanders, Pens. I know the Parlay Kid and Brother Bry, everybody's interested in that. That Ooh. game's starting like right now, right? Winnipeg, St. Yep. Louis, that's going on tonight. And San Jose, Las Vegas. Now, that leaves us with these four series odds that won't be affected for the Wednesday games. Maple Leafs, minus 175 over Bruins. That's a little bit of a surprise. Caps, minus 340 over Canes. Preds, minus 280 over the Stars. That's a 2-1 advantage right now. And the Avalanche, minus 125 over the first seed Flames, right? That's uh, that's big. They have a two-one advantage. All right, parlay kids, start us off, and then you could uh, check into the Islanders. Who do you like Wednesday, Thursday game? Sal, I like in this. I'm going to take somebody in the uh, Wednesday game. I'm taking the Stars over the Predators. Sal, uh, I kind of like you know the Stars are not out of this. Uh, down two to one. Uh, these games have been fairly close. Um, uh, you know, the Stars. What I like about this is a team that about midway through the season, Sal, the owner which you really never see, called out the two best players on this team, called out uh, Ben and uh, Sagan, and basically mm-hmm. t- said they were playing like effing horse blank. Okay, When you hear an o- owner say that type of thing, and since then the team has kind of responded. Last, uh, last night in game three was kind did of Did he say strange. effing horse blank, or did he actually say the words? Uh, because the, well, the words would be it. more He effective. said it. You know I no, don't I really like words. to say okay. it. So. Okay. I, yeah, he actually said it. Yeah, I don't, you know... <laughs> Harry would Jerry oh, Jones say it. didn't Jerry Jones say it like maybe last week or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. did. Shut up, Harry. He was talking about his horses. <laughs> uh, but you know, Sal, the, last night was one of those hockey games where the Stars lost their, their their first home game here of the series, but they totally outplayed the Preds. They outshot them forty-two to twenty-eight uh, on shots on goal, and actually had an eighty-nine to forty-seven advantage in just shot attempts itself. And a 28 to 12 advantage in high percentage shot chances. Okay, they really should have won that game. I say Ben Bishop, who is a good goalie, had a, a pretty poor game by his standards. He's going to bounce back tomorrow night. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Stars get a three or four to one win over the Predators tomorrow night. And that series will go two two. And I think the we'll see that that series is destined to me to go seven games. That's a fun one, brother Bry. You like the same game, right? Yeah, I like the same game, but I'm going uh, – I like the under five. Look, the, un- the over-under has been five for all of these games. And granted, it's a really low number for today's hockey, but it's warranted for both these, both these defensive teams. Look, Dallas is over-under this year is 24-51-10 on the season, which is mm-hmm. amazing. They've given up the second-least amount of goals, and they've scored the third-least amount of goals, whereas Nashville, too, their over-under is 33-47-5 this season. So – the total so far in these three games are five, three, and five. Like you're going to probably need, in order to go over, I think you're going to, you have to get an empty netter late yep, in the game. Yep. Um, 
And I, I, you know, I think this is going to, again, they're going to play this close to the vest, these teams, just not trying to make a mistake. But another part of this bet that I really like, too, is the under one-and-a-half first-period goals is also, I think it's like minus 185, too, in this game. So it's, I would keep an eye out on that, too, because only one first-period goal has been scored so far in three games. So definitely keep an eye All on right. that. But I also think, I think, again, this is like, you know, a three, like Darren said, maybe like a 3-1, 2-1 type of game. All right, that's a Todd Furman special under one and a half goals first period. Freaking hits every time. Harry, what do you like? Uh, Washington, Carolina, right? Uh, caps are three four minus three forty for the series. What do you like in uh, the next game? Yeah, they play on Thursday, and the Hurricanes are actually a one twenty favorite. And I like the Hurricanes to win uh, again and uh, tie the series up at two. Look, Washington uh, had won six times against Carolina this year. Played six times, four in the regular season, two in the playoffs. Carolina came close in the second game, lost in overtime. Washington was 6-0 and against them. So for the first home playoff game since 2009 for the Canes, they were ready to explode on the Caps, and they did. They outshot them 45-18, won 5 nothing. Uh, Doug Hamilton uh, of the Canes had two goals in game three said they were relentless. They really were watching. They were flying all over the place. And I think uh, in game four, Captain Justin Williams is going to be the difference Thursday night. He will score. Justin Williams will score. You can bet players to score points, and uh, and mm-hmm. that's something that's going to happen on Thursday. And, look, I think they're going to carry. It's going to carry over, and the Canes do it again and tie the series up at two. All right. I like one thing. We talked about the zigzag in NBA, and that means if a team wins or covers in the first game, they're likely to not cover in the second game, especially with favorites who blow out uh, underdogs. They typically don't show up for game two, even though they're home. I don't know why it happens, but it happens. But there's no zigzag in the NHL. The fact that Colorado is up 2-1 on the Flames, the first seed Flames, doesn't necessarily mean the Flames need to win yeah. this game. Like they could go down three to one. They could also win the series down three to one. And I kind of think the Avs will go up three one. Nathan McKinnon has three goals in the last two games. He hit the overtimer in game two, and then he had two yesterday. Uh, Harry's favorite as far as the Flames go, Johnny Gaudreau, pointless, pointless. Harry, it's pointless to even bet him yesterday. And the goaltending, I don't know yeah. what they're going to do. Mike Smith. David Riddich in goal. It doesn't really matter. They had 56 shots on goal, the Avs did yesterday. Not not just shots, shots on goal. So it doesn't yeah. really matter who you Crazy. put in there if you're putting 56 on net. Uh, I think there's altitude problems for um, for Calgary. And, you know, Avs at home, even odds. Why not? I think they win. They go up 3-1. All right, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail Tackling pretend, tackling pretend propositions. Can't even speak related to sports and pop culture events. Uh, you know, I ran into Captain Morgan and I said, well, what are we going to do this week? And he said, well, all anyone wants to talk about is Tiger Woods and Game of Thrones. So he whipped us up a batch of props and he came up with this one. Uh, which number will be higher? Tiger Woods major wins from here going forward versus the Dragons remaining after season eight in Game of Thrones, Tiger is minus 140, the Dragons plus 120. Brother Brian, let's start with you. You work for HBO. You you saw the first episode before any of us did. Uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but which one are you going? You're going Dragons or Tiger Major? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Dragons. 
look, right now you have, well, there's three dragons, but there's only two left, I guess you could say, right? So yes, one is technically two. part of the, one is part of the undead. So we got to say that there's only two left. Um, but I'm I'm sticking with the dragons. I do think how well this is going to sound a little weird. I do think at least one more dies. I have a feeling that either you know Daenerys has to kill one of them, another one of them, or the Viserion is the one who's the undead one. I maybe that one kills another one. So I think there's either going to be one left or none left. So why am I saying why am I saying I would take the dragons here? Because I think what's going to happen is. All of a sudden, you know, people get a. I think people will be most emotional if one of the dragons actually, or all of them, die. So mm-hmm. I think maybe like the last episode, there'll be like a little happy ending where they'll all of a sudden there'll be like three or four baby dragons or eggs that you all of a sudden see. Um, granted, I know all three dragons right now are currently males, uh, right. but you know, in this fictitious world, who's to say that male dragons can't have babies? So I'm going to say that. Uh, yeah, there's like three or four new ones that come on at the end, and we're gonna we're gonna go with the dragons over time. All right, dragons, Harry. Which would make you cry more, Tiger hugging his son or Daenerys hugging the last remaining dragon? Be honest. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> look. I'm I'm gonna take Tiger in this because uh, listen, the U.S. Open this year. He's the favorite eight to one. It's at Pebble Beach. He's won there plenty before. I'm making him. Uh, I'm making him the favorite as well, and I think he can very well win that tournament, and that'll give him another major. Meanwhile, we've discussed this before when we had the Zion Williamson uh, uh, Captain Morgan segment, and I mm-hmm. stated there that I've never seen Game Game of Thrones, and I still haven't. So I'm going to go with Tiger, but but I'm but me but I'm getting a little more insight because I'm loving Brian's tweets of when he's not even tw- he's not tweeting sports. He's tweeting about Game of Thrones. So at least I'm getting updated with Brian's tweets. Yeah. Everybody is. Yeah. Start watching now, Harry. Yeah, I'd love, sure. to, I'd love for you to right. start watching now. Watch with five episodes left, and I'd like to see your, your take on this, just just to see if huh. you can you, – you probably understand it more, as much as most people out there. Parley Kid, which way are you going with this? Sounds hard to believe just about a year and a half ago, maybe even less. You posed a very similar question on a Captain Morgan segment, and that if a Tiger Woods would ever even make a cut again right. in a major tournament, right? Some of us, I think including yourself, might have said that he would never do that. Maybe. I, said no. I can't yeah. recall. Okay? Uh, so here we are, a year and a half later. It's amazing that this is even, can even be discussed. But I'm going to be taking Tiger uh, Woods as well here, Sal. Um, Nothing for nothing, but are we not allowed to criticize Game of Thrones? That episode, at best, was a solid C minus, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Uh, these dragons—they seem to have gone, have gone soft, Sal. That whole scene with uh, John and Daenerys, you know, flying on the dragons—it was like, the whole thing was that was like out of a romantic comedy, <laughs> as far as I was concerned. And uh, those dragons were certainly complicit in that whole scene. So. They've gone soft. They're not going to make it through the season, Sal. Tiger wins at least one. We'll go with Tiger at minus 140. All right. Yeah, I didn't love the episode either. I know there's a lot of characters you have to put in place. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, you just really just I have get to set it. Them up I like, get it. Yeah. Like I still didn't pieces. think it was that great anyway. So, no, you're right. And and with five left, and by the way, I, I, I don't know why. I thought everything, everyone was like an hour and a half long. This was less than an hour. And so there's even less time than you think. But yeah, I didn't think it was that great. 
Um, now it doesn't look good. It doesn't look promising for the dragons right now. They're not eating. They're eating sheep. They're only eating like 18 sheep, which seems like a lot, but not for a dragon. Um, so I think they're setting us up to think that the dragons are weak, but there will be more dragons than tiger wins in the majors. I just think they are. There has to be at least one that rides off into the sunset with uh, Daenerys and maybe even Jon Snow. They need that that one shot. You're right. It would be way too sad. It's like killing a, a dog in a movie. They wouldn't do it. They're not going to kill at least one dragon, and that's at least one is the number bigger than Tiger's zero majors. I'm sorry, Harry. I'm betting dragons over Tigers, and that's it. Tate, which way are you going with this? <laughs> I'm going to go with Tiger Woods. I think he's going to win the U.S. Open, and I'm hoping he wins a Beth Page. So I, I want a three wow. out of four, Tiger. I want a Tiger slam. Yeah, Tate. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> All nice. right, Harry and Tech. All right, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Let's check in with our mailbag, Cousin Sal, against all odds at gmail.com. That's where you could reach us. You could write us letters. You could propose yourself. You could you could give your entry for the Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame, which we're building in Pahrump, Nevada right now. Uh, we have 10 or 12, somewhere around that. We have that many um, entries and you could be that. Just give us your story. There's gotta be degenerates out there um, that want to be in. I mean, it, it, it's getting crowded up there, but let's read just regular email. This is good. Actually, uh parlay kid, this got added at the last minute. Dear degenerates this is from John Woods. I was listening to the podcast and heard that the parlay kid's son is playing at the U of R that's Rochester. I am a UR alum and played football too. I'm from Oswego. So I have something in common with Harry. Yay? Question mark. I am a budding degenerate who recently started some low stakes sports gambling. Unfortunately, the half dollar gentlemen's club closed. So brother Brian Parley kid will have to settle for garbage plates at Wegmans. And yes, Falver stadium is cold as hell on the river. So bundle up, love the podcast. I'll be excited to watch his son play in a couple of years at my 20 year reunion. There you go. Parley kid. That's nice. That's very nice. Very nice. Love it. I'm waiting to hear from a couple students there. Now I guess, uh, Come on, uh, U of R. Let's get yourself together. Hope you're listening. Yeah. I, I think we've had a few, though. A few, you have had a few responses on Twitter. Uh, people congratulating you. Yeah, a few. Most, most, pe- most grads. Most most graduates. Yeah. Yeah, most of them yeah, have been graduates. Oh, I think all of them, there you to go. be honest. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one from George Hoffnagel. Hey, Cousin Sound, the gurus of gambling. Congrats on 100 episodes. Great job. Even on the weeks when there is nothing going on, you guys make the commute bearable. I enjoyed listening to the best of montage for your 100th. Also, good job on parlaying the show to the television with Lock It In. Thank you, which I don't miss many episodes. Harry's debut with his epic fail was great TV, but nice try. Stay with the Long Island High School sports circuit. May you guys have a hundred, a few hundred more. Well, that'll be nice. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. that. was from George Hoffnagel. Harry, an he's epic good, fail. He's a good follower. Hoffnagel's a good follower. Yeah, he's a good there follower. There you go. Epic fail, he said, though, Harry. Harry redeemed Harry himself there? with uh, his stint with uh, John Jastrzemski, Sal. He definitely redeemed himself here in New York. Oh, he did? I, I wasn't able to listen, but he did. Uh, luckily, he did give me the uh, transcript from me in, in a text of probably the whole segment. That's good. Harry, you like going on that show? Yeah, it was great. Had a great time. Another Syracuse guy, so uh, it was oh, yeah. fun. He's getting big here in New York, too. So way to go, Harry. That was good to, uh, good to hear. Harry's you. all That's over good. the place. Golf podcasts. There's just, just strange. Got FAN, everything. It's, uh, we're, 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 honestly, why am I, we're, why we're am I broke? Why am I broke then? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I I did, also, you, you 
you captured a snake today. We're going to sign off right now. But hey, Harry, hey, what? Hey, Bill, Bill, are you, Bill, are you listening? Bill, <laughs> Bill, are you listening? Why am I broke? <laughs> there are many you're reasons a millionaire, why you're broke, Harry. Harry. So that's, yeah. that's what it is. You're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah I'm catching. Here's why yeah, you're broke, I'm, Harry. I'm doing, you pod, I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing radio shows. I'm catching snakes. Yeah, doing it all. <laughs> Tell us about the snake. Your Getting boss Ken and uh, roommate Ken had you catch a snake today, right? Yeah, yeah. He he sent me a message, and then he uh, uh, a picture of it while I was at work doing my job, and uh, and then he called two seconds later, sent a picture of uh, a snake. He says he's taking off, and I had to come home and somehow finagle it and capture it. So I it, it was a struggle. <laughs> I had it. I lost it. I had it again, and then uh, I, I found out that it wasn't poisonous. So uh, it was it was about uh, I don't know. That was about. As length, it was probably about four feet, so uh, three, four <laughs> feet, and uh, I just dumped it in the uh, in the desert. When did battle. you find out that it was po- not poisonous? After you, well, after I, you? I, I I called our bug guy. I called two bug guys. I sent them the picture. Uh, I had two other employees tell me uh, what type of snake it was. So between four people, four different people told me it was four different types of snakes. So I don't know what it was. So I just. But all of them said it was non-poisonous, so but it was uh, it was something. How do you all finagle that. a snake? All, all happened twenty minutes before the podcast started, so he does it all. This Ridiculous. Harry, if you if you need him to wrangle yeah. a snake, he needs money. Apparently, uh, he he will do it. Let me let me tell you another story about <laughs> Harry um, this week. This is good. So Harry, um, you know, between wrangling snakes and just basic slave labor over at the camp, there, uh, he, he Harry's told me he's like, yeah, I'd like to get away one weekend. And I was like, well. I want to, I need to get away with the wife one weekend and Harry gets along with my kids. So I was like, why don't you come out? I'll fly you. I'll pay for your, your flight. I'll pay for your girlfriend's flight. You come out, you watch the kids one weekend and I could take her away because I'm consumed with sports and I need to do this. This is what I need to do to stay married for a couple more years. So he says, uh, he's like, all right, I'll do it. And, uh, we set it up and he basically has to take the kids to school. And I say to him, He's like, hey, I'm going to come out Thursday night instead of Friday. Is that cool? And I'll stay through Sunday. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And that got me thinking, all right, why don't I go Thursday through Saturday? Then I can catch my youngest one's baseball game Saturday morning. Uh, Harry, this is good now. You're coming out Thursday night. You could take them to school and take them back on Friday. All's good. Everything's good. Great. He's getting the tickets. Fine. I get a text the other day. He says, hey, um, Angie may have to work. So we're now coming out Friday afternoon. And I said, well, Harry, that doesn't work because I now booked the hotel for Thursday and Friday and I need the kids. I need someone to take the kids to school on Friday. And you're like, well, I said, why can't you come out Friday and she or Thursday night and she meets you on Friday? Well, because I may now have to watch the dog, too. No one's here to watch the dog. So I may not be able to get out till Friday either. And then he's like, well, how about Angie comes out early and watches the kids? I was like, well, I thought she was the one who had to work, which is why you Coming late now. Now I'm getting batty. Now I'm like, now I'm like, re- I'm staring at text for like 40 seconds. I'm like, there's got to be something wrong with me now because I don't know. I can't follow this in my head. And uh, I was like, you know what, Harry, just forget the whole thing. Like, you know, they know you. I, I love Angie. They don't know Angie. If you can't do it, I'll just have my mother do it. It's fine. So I don't know where where do we stand with this, Harry? Are you coming well, out or you're you're not coming? No, I'm coming, but uh, I'm coming, and I'm coming Thursday night. But is it okay if somebody gets your goat, though, once in a while? Somebody has to. Gets my goat? What are you talking about? Someone's got to mess with you a little bit. <laughs> Were you uh, messing with me, or would you uh, – that seemed like something that you would just uh, – 
It seemed like it was all you true. Know, I what you were telling I, me. Listen, I, I I didn't know the exact situation. I apologize. I didn't know the exact situation. I didn't know I was taking them to school, and then I just fig- I had to figure everything out, and I switched back again, and uh, we'll be coming out Thursday night. It's all done. Right. It's a done deal. How many vacation all days right. do you have to take for this, sir? I have uh, well one, so uh, one vacation day. So they're they're, they're adding up lately. They're adding up. You know, <laughs> Vegas back to back weeks. They're adding up. All right, Harry got my goat. He's getting snakes. He's got you can get him the golf. Uh, They're adding up. He's got a whole uh, farm of animals. He's got at at AAO Harry, right? That's it. Yeah. All right, there you go, Parlay Kid. Where can people find you? What do you got going on? So I'm at the Chalk Talker, and uh, you know, all good in the uh, sports world here. Uh, my boys are playing uh, lacrosse. Uh, and uh, the team's nine and three now. I think last week I said they'd probably go on a little winning streak. I think they have three wins in a row since I mentioned nice. that. And uh, you know they were a very uh, low-rated team to start the season, so kind of surprising everybody at uh, with the nine and three record. So good job by them. Uh, and yeah, any uh, any uh, University of Rochester uh, listeners right now that are current students, uh, hit me up at the Chalk Talker. There you go. All right. Yeah. Nine and three. Glenn Knights lacrosse. And go Islanders. 500 go. is pretty good. Nine and three. We'll take it. That's Brother not Bri. Bad. Yeah. And go, go, go Islanders. Oh, yeah. Go Islanders. One, one. Do we have a score on that? What's going on? It's a no one, score. 1 1. Pittsburgh one, scored one. in the first 30 seconds, and then the Islanders uh, scored a couple minutes later. So 1 1. There you go. Brother Bry, you're at the Brother Bry, correct? Yeah, I'm at the Brother Bry. Um, I don't know. In these upcoming weeks, obviously, besides, I got to find some 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 new things to gamble on. Uh, I think you probably find this funny. I know when you you and Bill talk about like parent corner, I had such a bad Saturday and Sunday betting. I was in such a bad mood, and then my daughter had a lacrosse game, and I thought she didn't play that well. Although she probably played pretty well, but to me, because of that, it snowballed, and I thought she was terrible. So I, I let her know. I, I said, you ruined my Sunday. You ruined my weekend. by how, This is my eight-year-old daughter. I told her she ruined my weekend for how badly she played. Uh, so I owe her an apology to that because um, it was definitely because of Tiger Woods winning is why I was so upset and, and losing the UFC bets and losing everything else. So I probably owe her an apology. I'll tell you what. I don't think anyone could watch you tell your eight-year-old that she ruined your Sunday without – without tearing up. They're inhuman <laughs> if they could watch that exchange and not uh, ball uncontrollably. But good for you, Brother Brian. It's all right. We apologize. <laughs> There'll be other weeks. There's so many other Sundays, right? You'll be fine. Uh, and Tate, where are you at? <laughs> More Sundays to come, Brother Bri. Uh I will say I'm at Tate Frazier. Uh, One Shining Podcast will be back next week. Against All Odds, we'll be doing every single week. And then from there, uh, I got a lot of more free time. So I'm excited. Free time for Tate. All right. Maybe you could help uh, Harry catch snakes, you know. There's, uh, there's gonna, no shortage of snakes in the desert. <laughs> Harry, I'm ready. Let's do it. And I'm sure I'm, – I'm, I would I would guarantee that's a pet snake that uh, Ken brought to the property, if I had to guess. <laughs> he's, tes- he's testing you, right? <laughs> yes. There you go. Uh, All right. Ken, I'm excited. Ken despises snakes, so. though. Time, last time there was a snake on property, he had me call the cops. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's suing the last name. That's in and out of court, right? Unbelievable. I don't know. Hey, Paula Duke is coming up. The good stuff. It's starting right after these messages. 
Hey listeners, do you miss when sports networks covered just news and highlights without the yelling and fake debates? I know I do. That's why I watch CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions, everything that matters about the game without diving into political and social issues like on other sports networks. And if you enjoy placing some bets or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out their top picks and advice to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on. It's always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone. Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. All right, on the line right now. Uh, one of my favorites. This guy is a rare breed. He's a former Major League Baseball player with a gambling addiction who is not, as far as I know, going to jail anytime soon. He hasn't allegedly threatened an Uber driver with bodily harm, which is good. Uh, he's an Action Network analyst. Also, I have to say, one of my top two favorite Italian-American Mets catchers of all time. Paul LaDuca, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. <laughs> Thanks, uh, I appreciate it, man. You should be my agent. That's a pretty good intro. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? He hasn't. He's not going to jail. What, what kind of? You don't get a better intro than that, right? <laughs> uh, no, does former true. Met bother you? I know you you yeah. made your way as as a Dodger. I looked at it. I was hoping. I thought maybe it was a little tighter with the uh, Mets versus Dodgers. But you with the Dodgers five years, with the Mets two years, it seemed like longer. Does it Does it bother you if I if I refer to you as a former Met? No, it doesn't at all. I grew up a Mets fan, and as long as the Mets keep uh, having stinky catchers since 2006, um, I remain <laughs> popular, Sal. So as long as they right. keep rolling out a bunch of schmucks, I, I stay relevant. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You grew up, but you grew up, <laughs> up out here, didn't you, in, in California? I was I actually grew up in Arizona. I was born in, in Brooklyn and moved up Arizona right. when I was a kid. And gotcha. I always tell everybody I was the one kid, like at 12 years old, jumping or excuse me, at 14 years old, jumping on my bed when the ball went through Buckner's legs. I was the only Met fan, you know. And when I went to Arizona, uh, they had the IHL Roadrunners and the Phoenix Suns. That's it. There was no Coyotes. There was no Diamondbacks and Cardinals and all that. So right. you had to associate with the team where you were with. So I was a Jet and, and, and Met fan, um, Jet Met and an Islander fan because – we were in Brooklyn and then in some in Long Island too. So, um, yeah, it was a dream to true come true for me when I got to got traded to the Mets in 06. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And you know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that pit right now. Luckily they have a sense of humor about it. Both Bill Buckner and Mookie Wilson signed the picture I'm looking at with the, through the ball through the legs. I mean, it really didn't get better than that. Right. No, it doesn't. I mean, and, and a lot of people don't even know that, you know, John McNamara, who was the manager um, that year, Buckner used to get taken out for defense mm-hmm. in the ninth inning. I think a lot of people don't realize that, but they had such a surmountable lead that he wanted Buckner to celebrate right. because he was such a big part of that team. And then the ball lands in the spot where, you know, he probably, he wasn't there the other hundred and whatever games. And, and I still think that Mookie Wilson beat Bob, uh, Bob Stanley over to first base. I, I've I don't think Bob gets there in time to beat Mookie there. I think Mookie beats him. Right. I think so too. I don't know that the run score, the runner was on second then, right? It was night. Was he on yeah. second? I'm trying to think. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and what other people don't, you're right, he wanted Buckner on the field. You, you don't also people forget game seven was rained out. So the pitching matchup yep. faced, uh, it favored the Reds. They got another rest. Obviously, the Mets did too. And the Mets were down three nothing in game seven. So there was, uh, there's a lot going on. That game six is uh, always touted as the big one, but what a great series. It'll never be like that again. Or will it, Paul Duke? Are, are these Mets for real right now? I, 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 you know, I sat out of really a 6-6 game, and they, they wanted an extra innings. Diaz looks good in the bullpen. I like this McNeil. Obviously, Pete Alonzo's fun to watch. What do you think? This Mets team, could they hold on for a while? I think they can, So You know, they finally get into professional. A couple guys there giving you professional bets. The kid Alonzo is pretty darn polished. Uh, in, mm-hmm. And what I like about him is he's using all of the whole field. But even Cano at the back end of his career is showing these kids how to give a good at bat. And, you know, they're, I think they're leading the league in runs scored right now, like over six, six or right in that area. They're on base yeah. percentages is second or third in the league, somewhere in that area. And I think what's helped them with McNeil, um, with Conforto, with Cano and with Nemo, you finally have some left-handed bats to, 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 to neutralize some of these like right-handers like Nola. They, they beat up Nola uh, the other night. And it seems mm-hmm. like last year, they had like a little bit of fool's gold with the Grom and everybody pitching so good when they, they started the season so hot. Um, and this seems more legit because they're swinging the back. Cause if you really think about it, besides the Grom's first two starts, he's actually been got, got lit up his last two and Syndergaard's actually been awful so far in his starts this year. So, um, yeah. you gotta give him credit. They swung the bats pretty well. You're right. I don't know. Yeah, they're doing it with the bats, which is unlikely. Yeah, Syndergaard was roughed up, I think, five and five innings yesterday. And like you said, the Groms had a tough week, two, uh, two rough starts. Now, you're the real deal when it comes to sports gambling. This isn't the Action Network didn't say, hey, uh, which baseball player can we sign him? You, you actually gamble. You have a story. I know you've told this a million times. I, I need you to tell it a million one. Uh, I don't know how to... Uh, I don't want to blow the punchline of it, but you bet horse races at maybe some inopportune times during your career, right? Well, yeah, the story that you're referring to was the uh, 2005 um, mm-hmm. Kentucky Derby. Um, I was with the Marlins, and I got traded in 04 from from uh, the Dodgers in a midseason trade. I actually found out on the bottom of Sports Center. Um, that I got traded. Wow. That's a, a Paul DePodesto uh, favorite. Uh, I mean, a, a gem there. <laughs> so I get traded to the bottom of Sports Center. I got to go uh, to uh, the Marlins. So here comes the 2005 Kentucky Derby. And a lot of people don't know Pro Player Stadium, um, where the football stadium is, um, where I used to play when I was with the Marlins. You can throw a rock to Old Calder Racecourse, which is now called mm-hmm. Gulfstream Park West. So. Mm-hmm. Mike Welsh used to work for the DRF. I used to go over there frequently um, and go play the ponies before the game, um, then go play the game. And back in those days, you'd have TiVo, and I'd watch them on replay. Well, the Mm -hmm. Derby had come up that year, and um, I had, um, like Giacomo for a long time, Mike Smith had given me the horse uh, when he broke his maiden, and I had a bunch of futures on him. So then I went over to Calder before the game played bunch of other stuff for guys on the team. Um, um, I, I think I put 500 across on the horse. Um, then I had an online account. So I'm firing every which way but loose on this horse. Well, the Marlins decide to do a 535 start that day on, on a Saturday. And I'm like, you've got to be absolutely kidding me. Like, 
you can't. This cannot happen. Like it's Derby and the Derby usually goes off like right at five thirty, like right. right in that area. And I'm like, any other time, seven o'clock start, we can watch this. And here's the best part about it. We usually in, in like clubhouses, you have a pool. So it was a hundred dollars to get in. I even pulled out Giacomo out of the pool, out of the pool. So I even have him for the 2000 or amongst the guys around the team. Uh. So now it starts raining. I'm like, oh, this is great. Raining in Florida. Maybe we can get a rain delay about an hour and 15, hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll never forget, I think it was Ed Hickok, who's, who's still, who's still uh, um, umpiring. He'd come in and said, hey, we got a delay. Um, it's just a little weather system. It's going to be like 30 minutes. And I'm like, ah, darn. So we come back in, um, <laughs> and then he comes back and goes, hey, they're pulling off the tarp. we got to get ready. So now when you're the starting catcher, you got to go out there. you got to warm up the pitcher. Well, the horses are rolling around. And, you know, uh, I got to go outside now. So I start warming up the pitcher. And I can see Mike Lowell and Conine in the dugout. And they're basically telling me, you know, 10 minutes to post, whatever. So we start the game. And there's one out, runner on first. And, like, again, I'm looking in the dugout for signs. And I can see Conine and Lowell. And they're basically saying, hey, they're basically ready to go in the gate. The next pitch was a strike him out, throw him out. It's probably the best throw I've ever made to second base. Wow. Uh, strike him out, throw him out. So then I run straight into the clubhouse. Now I run straight into the clubhouse. All I take off basically is my mask and my helmet. I have my chest protector on and my shin guard. Now the horses are on the backside and they're running. And I can't, I, I am hearing Durkin who's making the call, the, 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 the track announcer, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what's going on, where the horse is at. Cause I hadn't seen him from the break. I only see him on the backside, but I know he's like, like a charcoal, tiny bit of a gray. So, and then all I heard in the midst of the session was Giacomo. If you go back and you listen to it, you hear him say that and he wins. And I just, I'm like going ballistic because now I'm starting to figure out, you know, as a gambler, as soon as you win, your head starts spinning and you start thinking, how much money have I just won? Right. What what is going on? And time goes, I guess, faster than you think. Um, so I'm starting to process. Holy cow! Now I, I just made an eighty to a hundred thousand dollar hit here. Within a minute, the bat boy comes rolling in, and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" I'm like, <laughs> "What's the matter, man?" He goes, "Bro, they've been waiting for like three to four minutes. You're up right now." I was hitting second. And I just totally lost track of time, didn't care about the game. So I took off all my stuff and ran right outside. And I want to say it was either Todd Greencatcher. We were playing the Rockets or whatever. I, I tapped him on the, on, the, on, the, on the shin guards. I'm like, bro, I just won, I think, $100,000 on a horse race. Tell him to, to throw it right down the middle. Don't worry about it. I'm going to just hit a ground ball. Don't worry. He threw it right down the middle. It was the best 6-3 I've ever had in my life. I ran down the first base like <laughs> lightest feet in the world. <laughs> That's the greatest. And who was the skipper back then for the Marlins? Was it like Girardi or something? Would he put up with something? At like that, that time, it was, um, it was uh, Trader Jack. I mean, he could never get my name wrong, right. He called me DeLuca. He never right, called right. me LaDuca one time. And he smoked cigars and blew cigar smoke in your face. Uh, Jack, but Trader yeah, Jack, yeah. man, he was the best. <laughs> but that story... Is, That's is awesome. Bat boys were jumping up and down, clubhouse guys, because everybody made money 
Um, and then after that, I haven't given him another uh, horse racing pick since then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is an all timer. A great story. Okay, so you're the real deal. Like I said, you're you're you know what you're doing. You bet baseball. I'm going to guess you started betting after your career. We could, uh, whatever, we could officially say that, right? We don't need any extra scandals. Yeah, but- listen, listen, that's the first thing you ever saw when you came into a clubhouse was not yeah. to bet on baseball, but right. it, it's changed now. I have to handicap it. And if I see something I like or, or, or a trend I like, and my knowledge is more, Sal, like I know the ballparks, where the shadows are at. I try to pick games that are, four or five o'clock games and you can maybe can catch an edge here and there. Some of the umpires I think uh, are good to know too for the public because there are umpires out there, uh, and, you know, like Ron Culpa, Angel Hernandez, Joe West that try to make things controversial. Sometimes I tell people to stay away from when those guys umpire games, you just don't know how mm-hmm. crazy they're going to go. You know? Well, that might, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that because now they have stats and the, and the information and just baseball statistics are endless, but now that it has, um, it has, branched off to sports gambling and baseball gambling on sports. It's you can get every stat on every umpires over under. It seems like Vegas has tightened up the line They're in they're they're in jive with the, everything with the umpires and how they call games. But just in general, I see a lot of big favorites losing lately. Like the Yankees first week lost as a minus four twenty favorite. I mean, you'd never see that. First of all, you don't see that that high ever in a, in a opening ever. week of uh Baseball Red Sox, uh, they were a big favorite. They dumped one yesterday. I think uh, they were minus two forty. Seems more common than the days when like Greg Maddox would steamroll the Marlins, no questions asked. Is there a reason for this, or is this just in my head? Uh, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, when Randy used to roll out there against us, I used to look at the lines. I read the lines when I was a kid, when I was nine. I mean, Randy used right. to be minus two eighty against us when we were with the Dodgers, and I get it. Randy Johnson now. You're rolling out guys minus 460. If you're a Baltimore Oriole fan, you're a risk son of a bitch right now. I mean, right. you've won it like plus 300, like about six or seven games. It's been crazy. And here's yeah. the other thing is, is the weather has been weird good. Like usually you get these cold weather, 10 degrees, sometimes games in April. We haven't. And if you look, mm-hmm. I, I want to say it was three or four games ago. The unders and overs were 12 and two slanted towards the overs. They're just run after run after run. And the ball, the, the commissioner won't admit the ball is juicy. And I think that has a lot to do with it is that a lot of these aces aren't really aces that you can rely on anymore. Even Jason, Jacob DeGrom, I mean, look at the first two outings he threw. And then his mm-hmm. last two outings, he's given up like four or five home runs out that have been 500 feet to dead center. Now I pose you this question. When yeah. I played City Field, and you've been to Shea many times, Shea Land yeah. to Dead Center Field or City Field to Dead Center Field, that's Carlos Delgado. That's Mike Piazza. That's right. Sean Green. That's, that's those boys. That's Sammy Sosa. That's Luis Gonzalez Land. Those guys were on rocket fuel. Now you're telling me Kiki Hernandez and guys like that are hitting these balls 500 feet? Give me a friggin' break. So, so, the, so the commissioner admits that the ball is juiced and he caused his own collusion. A lot of these pitchers are, are tightening up and they're not that good. And what's happening is, is that a lot of these young kids are in a lot of unfamiliarity. Um, so you got a lot of young kids coming up, double A, triple A that still have good arms. And I, you know, listen, they're going to start getting hit second, third time around the league, but a lot of these big favorites, 
got to stay away from early because they're not familiar with the kids they're facing so far. But second time around, you saw what the Yankees did to Baltimore after. You know, Baltimore buried him, then the Yankees swept him the second time around. Right, I think sure. that will happen, too, with, with Boston, you know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it's not like the players themselves are bigger. You know, we've had that controversy over the years. I look at it, I, I just from 10, 20 years ago, they, they seem much smaller. You could just tell a difference. But how about this? I'll float this to you. They put the nets up to protect the fans because everyone's on their freaking cell phone, you know, and kids are getting uh, yeah. hit in the forehead with foul balls. I think now that they put the nets up, maybe the commissioner's like, all right, let these balls fly as fast and hard as they could, right? I mean, we, we kind of have our protection there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it would lend itself nicely to juice the balls. Obviously, higher scoring games means bigger interest yeah. in baseball. It would be they'd be hard pressed to prove uh, otherwise that that wasn't the case. Now, what yeah. when you look at trends, you, you talked about the Grom a few times. That under in the first five innings, which has become a very popular bet, just the first five innings in general. Yeah. It was twenty five and four in Degrom starts. It was phenomenal, and it was either three and a half or four. I know your coworker Jeff Schwartz and I went back and forth about this. We love that under, but it's no secret anymore. It's like the three and a half total runs or four total runs that that gets. That, so then he lost his last two. Any trends we should be watching? Any anything you look for aside from like the shadows in the field and stuff like that? Well, I mean, the under fives have been solid. They really have. Like a perfect example last night was Trevor Bauer and, and the Japanese pitcher Kaguchi, who's mm-hmm. I think is very, very good. He just has little issues with his control here and there. Um, and, and that game got buried late. There's been a lot of bullpens that are just bad. And first five yeah. unders, if you like an under, probably a better play right now. Just until mm-hmm. these people get their, their bullpens figured out. I mean, the bullpen ERAs are just been out of control and it seems like the walk is up which has been weird too and and with the free swingers and the strikeouts are up if you look which is weird that the seattle mariners lead the league in strikeouts but they also yeah. lead the league in on-base percentage and run scored so that's what it's turned into so a lot of people are playing props of over strikeouts you can catch some of these guys at four and a half five um, like decent strikeout guys, because if you don't strike out a guy an inning now, you're used, you're basically useless in major league baseball. When yeah. back in the eighties and nineties, you could strike out a guy less than a, a, a guy an inning and be very effective. You can't do that anymore. It's tough. It's a tough mindset because, you know, I know a lot of people were like, Hey, I, I bet unders. I like unders anyway, because I'm winning, you know, I'm at, I, I'm at least winning at some point in the game, probably for the first hour and a half, two hours. So I understand that part of it being the joy of uh, having actually are uh, winning a bet. Whereas if you have the over eight and a half and you're deadlocked at, uh, at ones in the eighth inning, you're probably dead to rights. But um, let me ask you about these teams. Um, there are three teams who are standing out right now who probably weren't supposed to be where they are. Mariners, 18 to one odds, um, second place. Now they're not, they're now no longer in first, but they came out, uh, on fire. They won those two games in Asia and then just beat the crap out of everyone. They seemed like they, nobody was ready for them. The Red Sox, they beat up on, uh, they're 18 to one odds. The Tampa Bay, the Rays, 20 to one, obviously in that monster AL East, um, Red Sox are going to make a charge. Yankees will make a charge, although they have injuries. Padres, 30 to one odds, even with Machado. I don't think anyone thought they'd, uh, be atop the NL West, 30 to one. And which of those three teams do you think could stick around? I, I think Tampa longer? Bay. I really do. And, and the reason why is there's trouble. Really? I mean, the Red Sox and the Yankees have a series tonight. Um, 
and the Yankees are, are banged up offensively. Mm-hmm. I, I understand they'll, they're going to get a little bit better. Uh, Sanchez goes back on the DL. Um, they get to face Chris Sale tonight, who's um, – I don't know what the Red Sox were thinking when they gave him the money. Um, you know, when you get that kind of contract, you usually go under the scope so they know. But he threw his changeup over 50% mm-hmm. of the time. Um, and I think there's a fear in Chris's head that he doesn't want to throw his fastball anymore. That's going to be a very interesting game um, today with him and Paxton. Paxton has struggled. I, I just think that. We all oversold the Yankees and the Red Sox. We just saw the Yankees on paper, um, and maybe we undersold Kevin Cash and what was going on with Tampa Bay last year and go, oh, we can't see this happen again, this, this one-starter thing. But then they went out and got Charlie Morton um, and made it a little bit more serious. And they can flat-out pitch. They can flat-out got a bullpen, and they might have the best all-around pitching staff in that division. And I'll tell you right now that I don't think they're going to go away at all. Now, when it comes to Seattle – Maybe they're just a little too young for me, but they're they're talented, um, and they got a lot of young talent. And I think because of that division too, um, I think the Angels will will start playing a little bit better. But and the A's uh, A's will take a tiny bit step back, obviously since from last year. But um, I think that the Mariners are a couple of years away, and the Padres are a couple of years away because I do think that the Dodgers. You know, what we saw from Kershaw last night is what obviously you don't really want to see, but he was okay. Um, so I just think the Dodgers will be trending down in the next couple of years. But the Padres in, in two years, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They got a phenomenal, you know, uh, minor league system. And I just love the O'Malley's are a winning franchise. They've been a winning franchise forever, and, and they're good people, and they're doing it right in San Diego. So. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I think Tampa Bay is a big-time threat to the Yankees and the Red Sox. Interesting. Okay, and Austin, Austin Meadows, can't say enough about that guy. He's like 23. I think he was player of the week this week. And, uh, yeah, he's taking them to a different level. All right, you know what I'm going to do? Paul, I'm going to yeah. put 100 bucks on Tampa. Just a flyer at 20 to 1 odds. You don't have to watch it. I know you don't like sweating these games out. Just keep it in the back <laughs> of your mind that you and I have – uh, you know, we could win. What, what are we going to win? Two thousand dollars if Tampa comes through in uh, in October. That's That'll fine. Be nice, That's right? Long, my whole, yeah, my whole thing prior in life is to get Clay Travis and Darren Ravel to buy us both dinner. Was the chance of that ever happening? <laughs> Do we have to go to the dinner, or can they just buy? Can they just Venmo us the money, and then you and I go? <laughs> I, I I don't know how that would happen. That'd be a good question. I don't think we'd get a receipt though that we could expense it. That's true. I see. I see. All right. I can arrange that as well. <laughs> thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, Paul. This is great. Uh, I loved having you on. Thanks, thanks, Al. And thanks, you know what, for being a Met fan, man. And I, I really appreciate it for, because I know what it takes to be a Met fan. You got to have a tough stomach, man. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. I might be like you and, and stop sweating them out after a while, but we'll give them another shot this year. Why not? <laughs> All right. I appreciate it, Bill. Take care, Sal. Thanks, man. All right, Paul Aduka, what a guy. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Locking In Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern on FS1. You don't have to watch this week. I'm off. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier and Paul Aduka. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na,
that was hilarious. <laughs> Tate, that's true, actually. Last time there was a snake on property, he had me call the, <laughs> told me to call the cops. Oh, my gosh. Harry, that's incredible. You're, you're doing the uh, Lord's work. Very good. <laughs> yeah. 